0: Please listen carefully. Well, hello there, toppers, and welcome to episode 18. Thank you so much for choosing to give me some of your time today. Our theme for this episode is chicken sayings, like matter than a wet hen, the rooster may crow but the hen delivers the goods, and hen peck. Nestle in and come along with me as I break down today's feather-filled phrases, origins, history and more. First of all today, we're looking into the idiom, don't count your chickens before they hatch. The meaning of this phrase is that you shouldn't plan on the outcome of something before it actually happens. The idea behind it is that not every egg a hen lays will hatch into a chick, so you shouldn't assume how many chicks you'll have based on the number of eggs in the nest. So how did we get to the idiomatic use of this practical practice? Many people think it's thanks to Aesop, who loved to spin up some cautionary tales. In his fable, The Milkmaid and the Pale, which was published around 570 BC, Aesop warns of the dangers of counting your chickens before they hatch. It's a short story, so I'll tell you the whole thing. A milkmaid was going to market, carrying her milk in a pail on her head. As she went along, she began calculating what she would do with the money she would get for the milk. "'I'll buy some fowls from the farmer next door,' she said, "'and they will lay eggs each morning, which I will sell to others. "'With the money that I get from the sale of the eggs, I'll buy a new dress for myself.'" This way, when I go to the market, all the young men will come up and speak to me. Other girls will be jealous, but I won't care. I will just look at them and toss my head like this. And with those words, the milkmaid tossed her head back. The pail fell off of her head, and all the milk was spilled on the ground. She had no choice but to go home and tell her mother what had happened to the milk. Ah, my child, said the mother, do not count your chickens before they are hatched. This fable is also considered to be the likely first usage in print, and it doesn't seem to show up again for a long time. We have to travel all the way from 570 BC to 1570 AD to find the next documented idiomatic use in writing. Thomas Howell, an English poet, used the following in a poem in his book New Sonnets and Pretty Pamphlets. Quote, Count not thy chickens that unhatched be, weigh words as wind. Till thou find certainty. End quote. From that point on, this idiom starts to become more frequently used. Let's move on to the second idiom for today madder than a wet hen. This idiom is quite popular here in the South, but it's used worldwide to describe someone who's extremely angry. But just how did humans figure out that hens get mad when they get wet, and just how mad do they actually get? As for the how, humans figured it out by, well, dunking chickens in water. The reason for this immersion had to do with keeping hens from laying eggs. When a hen lays eggs, it wants to tend to them by sitting on the nest, and do basically nothing else. They don't continue laying eggs if they go into this brooding mode, and if you're trying to get eggs instead of baby chicks, then a non-laying hen is no good to you. If a hen is getting ready to brood, they can be reset, for lack of a better word, by removing the eggs from the nest and dipping her in water for a bit. One can imagine that getting dunked underwater and then finding out your eggs are gone would make any animal angry, and hence the saying was born. The first known idiomatic use in print is found in an 1823 work by Joseph Doddridge, an American historian and clergyman. The work, titled Dialogue of the Backwoodsman and the Dandy, first recited at the Buffalo Seminary July the 1st, 1821, had the following quote in it, "...everybody that was not axed was mad as a wet hen." Now, it's worth noting that in British usage, this idiom has nothing to do with anger, but instead means someone is pathetic and or non-aggressive. If you've ever seen a wet bird of any kind, then you can see how this idiom could also mean pathetic looking. Whichever way you want to use it, angry or desperate, it works. Now let's look at our next idiom, scarce as a hen's teeth. This idiom means hard to find, which is fitting because information about the saying is about as scarce as a hen's teeth. Even though I didn't find much about it, I wanted to include it because it's such a great visual image wrapped up in words. As you have likely already figured out, the saying comes from the fact that chickens, like most birds, don't have teeth. So, if you found a hen's tooth, you'd have something quite rare on your hands. The idiom is thought to come from colonial America, probably around the early 1600s. I found several sources that stated this phrase first showed up idiomatically in print around 1862, but couldn't find anything to confirm what text had this usage. I did learn about a magazine called The Century, which references this saying in an issue from 1879. In a section about the cook of the Confederate army, it states, quote, all this at or near Fredericksburg, Virginia, at or about the end of the winter of 1862-63 to 63, when fuel was as scarce as a hen's teeth in the camps of the ANV." This seems to fit with the 1862 time frame I found mentioned in several sources, but this could also potentially be the first usage in print. And because it mentions 1862, it could have led to confusion over what the actual first usage in print was. Either way, it's still a few hundred years old. And that's it for this one. So, let's move on. Now we're going to look at the idiom, the rooster may crow, but the hen delivers the goods. This one has a few versions. The cock may crow, but it's the hen who lays the egg. It is the hen that lays the egg and the rooster crows about it. And roosters crow, hens deliver, are a few of the most popular variations. But what does it mean? Well, basically, it's used to say that men talk the talk, but women walk the walk. In other words, no matter how loud men or the rooster may be, it's the hens or females that lay the egg, i.e. get stuff done. The saying was made popular by Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, and many people think she came up with it. She didn't, but at a 1987 dinner party, after listening to men speak for over two hours, it was her turn, and she said, quote, as the tenth speaker and the only woman, I have this to say, the cock may crow, but it's the hen who lays the egg. End quote. As I said, she boosted the popularity of the idiom, but it had been around for at least a couple hundred years before that. In 1659, George Apperson, a school inspector and man of letters, which is just a fancy name for a scholar or author, published the Wordsworth Dictionary of Proverbs, a lexicon of folklore and traditional wisdom. It had a version of this idiom in it, quote, the cock crows, but the hen goes, end quote. So by then, this was already a known idiom, though no one knows exactly when it came into use. And speaking of old, let's move on to the next phrase, no spring chicken. The meaning of no spring chicken is that someone is old. But how did the season of spring come to be combined with a farm bird to have this meaning? Well, it actually has to do with the opposite of warm weather, winter, and the fact that a long time ago, incubators didn't exist. Because of this, baby chicks that were born in winter didn't have as good a chance at survival, so chickens were encouraged to hatch their eggs in spring, when there was still plenty of time for the chicks to grow big and strong enough to survive the cold winter months. Chickens born in the spring, being healthier, brought more money per chicken in the popular selling time of summer. If someone tried to sell off a chicken born in winter as a spring-born baby, people would say the older chicken was no spring chicken, literally saying it was too old to have just been born in the spring. While this season-preferred buying process, and therefore the term no spring chicken, goes back to at least the 18th century, the phrase doesn't show up idiomatically in print until 1906. That year, Robert Hendrickson published the Encyclopedia of Word and Phrase Origins, and in it, he included this quote, middle-aged and elderly women used to say, I'm no spring chicken, meaning they were past young adulthood, when talking about their attractiveness or their health and energy level. End quote. It sounds like he thought the phrase as an idiom was going out of style, but whether he was correct or not, his quote seems to show that the phrase was considered well known by that time. And with that, let's move on to today's metaphorical moment. It's just a metaphor, dude. It's a metaphor. Curious metaphor. A metaphor. That's the metaphor. Today's metaphor is henpecked, which means to be nagged. Now, to fully explore this phrase, we'll have to look at pecking order as well, so let's work through this. Chickens are known for having a pecking order in the flock, and although they aren't the only animals known for this, they are well known for it. That's because chickens will literally peck another chicken to death if they feel it is weaker than them. Even when they aren't pecking each other to that extreme, chickens show their hierarchy by pecking on others beneath them while also being pecked by those above them. Though I couldn't find out why, many sources seem to agree that this phrase began being used idiomatically for humans in the 1950s. So, in the grand scheme of idioms, this one is fairly young. Obviously, people observed and knew about the pecking order in chickens long before this, but it does seem to have taken a while to get transferred from being used practically to idiomatically. Now that we know what a pecking order is, we can look further into the metaphor hen-pecked. Since chickens are notorious for picking on each other, it makes sense that we metaphor-loving humans would transfer that action to ourselves. When someone constantly nags or picks on someone else, they are said to be hen-pecking or, more commonly, the one being picked on is called henpecked. As of 1671, the Random House Dictionary defines henpecked as continually browbeaten, bullied, tormented, nagged, or intimidated by one's wife, girlfriend, or partner, domineered over by, or subject to, the rule of a woman, especially one's wife. So, by this time in the late 17th century, this phrase was known as a metaphor. Pecking order became a common idiom well after henpecked became a metaphor, which is a bit odd since henpecked sort of branches off of pecking order. Then again, language doesn't always make sense, does it, toppers? Alright, now let's look up today's familiar quotation. Okay, toppers, I've got the book here, and I've opened it up to a section on Thomas Hood. This is from his work, Miss Kilmansegg and Her Precious Leg. Her Dream stanzas 7 and 8. O oh bed, O oh bed, delicious bed, that heaven upon earth to the weary head. I guess Mr. Hood was big into naps. Okay, toppers, that's it for today's Familiar Quotation. Alright then, toppers, that's all I've got for episode 18. Thank you again for joining me once more to turn some phrases. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something along the way. Check out my show notes for all my social media, contact, and sponsor information. Don't forget that you can send me topic suggestions. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a review. It really helps me and the podcast out. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thank you again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, produced, and hosted by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, don't cluck around. Hey, toppers. I know no one likes ads, but I do need to pay the bills real quick. And even though the show's technically over, I thank you for sticking around for just a few more seconds. If you go to the Support the Podcast page on my website, turnofphrases.com, you can see the offers I currently have available to you as a topper from Audible, Boss Boxes, and Amazon. The offers do change, so make sure you check back from time to time. Okay, I'll let you go now. Thanks for listening.